Welcome back, everyone, to the High Tempo Sports Podcast, episode 86 today. And it is a pleasure to be back, as is our first time uh, doing a podcast in two weeks. So, how are we doing today, Easton? Good. It's been a minute. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah, we, we actually missed a lot. A lot happened. Problem. I mean, we can't really talk about everything just because so much did happen, mm-hmm. and it's it's definitely all old news by now. But yeah, we um we're in Florida on spring break, um, and we haven't been able to do a podcast until today. So. I'm definitely super happy to be back. Uh, I miss doing this, like for sure. Yeah, so. I feel like I haven't talked about sports in depth in a long time. I know. I had no. I mean, I had my dad on spring break. Talk, yeah, I talked. Same. I, talked I just to him was talking it. to my dad about March Madness. He didn't know half as much as what I was talking about. But yeah, exactly. At least I just had somebody to he talk to. At least to. listens well. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, March Madness is wrapped up. If you did not know, Baylor won the national championship against Gonzaga in the most hyped up. National championship game in a long time. I feel like it was the you know the best two teams all year. Gonzaga undefeated, number one seed or number one team in the country all year. Baylor was two all year, and they moved down to three at the very end for Michigan. And they play against each other in the championship, and figured it's gonna be one of the best games ever. And it it really wasn't. I mean, like I enjoyed the game a hundred percent, but like. It wasn't the battle, I guess, I expected it to be. Yeah, it wasn't the down-to-the-wire finish. It wasn't a close game ever. At all, yeah. I, I mean, from the <laughs> jump, Baylor was up like 11-0. Yeah, and they I don't think it ever got cuts no. under 10. They, they never looked back, and that was just showed how dominant Baylor was really this year. Uh, they were But it's so just doing good. it against Gonzaga, yeah, exactly, you know. They were, exactly. which they were more dominant all year, you know. But Baylor was, you know, I picked them to win it all, and I still, like, didn't win. I won, got third in our league. Um, I didn't win any money my other ones, and I had Baylor winning it in all of them. But I'm yeah. just I'm, this is the first time I've ever picked a champion, so I'm actually very happy about that. Yeah, I've so. never <laughs> picked a champion, correct? Yeah, my final four was awful. Like Baylor was my <laughs> only right one in the final four, but at least I got the champion right. Yeah, Baylor was the only right team in my final yeah. four too. But Baylor came out and just absolutely dominated from the rip. But you know, some games, some of the best um, moments from March Madness for me. I mean, this is an obvious one. I assume it's going to be for you too. But UCLA versus Gonzaga was a absolute one of the best college basketball games I've ever watched. I mean, like it was really just not what I expected it to be. I mm-hmm. thought that you know when Michigan lost. Obviously, I'm not a Michigan fan, but I was upset that Michigan lost because I really just thought UCLA was going to get murked by Gonzaga, and they didn't. I mean, UCLA played the perfect game and still lost off a of buzzer beater. So that game was awesome. That that game made the loss hurt even more. Seeing Gonz- or UCLA keep up with Gonzaga, and obviously UCLA played an unreal game. Yeah, I mean like, they played perfect. They yeah. didn't play nearly as good against Michigan. They had fifty one so like, against Michigan uh, and total, and they had forty four in the first half against Gonzaga. Yeah. So like <laughs> that is our own stat. We mm-hmm. figured that out ourselves. <laughs> uh, I mean that that game really watching that whole game and watching Johnny Juzang go off. It's really, it was really upsetting just knowing that, oh, Michigan could have been right there. And what if Michigan played the perfect game right there? Imagine being a state fan, the yeah, team that exactly. was up by 15 against UCLA in the play in game and blew it. Like, that could have been, I had, I just really wish if I could just change one thing. And it really isn't, it, to change one thing for me about my bracket would be not changing anything. Yeah, exactly. I had Michigan State slash UCLA in the finals. And then when MSU lost, I went back and changed it. And I had like Texas making the final four out of there. If I would have kept that, my bracket would have easily won our whole thing. Easily. I would have had UCLA in the final four. Like no one guessed that. Everybody would have thought you were not. Yeah, exactly. UC- like, I w- it, are you kidding me? Yeah. UCLA. <laughs> 
But if they beat State, they were good enough. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, Michigan was that game was really not. I mean, it was a good game because it was close, but it was just like not what I expected mm-hmm. at all, especially uh, after Michigan's pretty dominant win against Florida State in the Sweet Sixteen. But what do you got to say? Uh, that game was really hard to watch because it wasn't like UCLA beat us playing their perfect game. It would be a little more understandable if UCLA mm-hmm. played this perfect game against Michigan and you know wasn't missing. But they only scored 51 yeah, points. They were playing really good defense, yeah. but Michigan it, definitely played poor. It was the poor. only time all season Michigan has scored under 50 points. You couldn't have picked a worse time to do that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it was really hard to watch just knowing how winnable that game was. It was such an it wasn't an easy win by any means, but it was an it was easy winnable, game. Yeah. It was very winnable. There was like no we reason said, we there was one won. of the worst games they played all year and they lost by two at the very mm-hmm. end. So like it it definitely was a winnable game. Franz didn't play well. Mike Smith Kind of got owned by Tiger Campbell. Tiger Campbell yeah, dominated well. the pace of that game. And Juzang carried him in that game, yeah. too. Johnny Juzang had, what, 28 or something like that? Close. Yeah, he had over half their points, I'm pretty yeah, sure. He was, or maybe almost. Yeah, he had over half their points. He was unreal. And uh, I will say, he's the only guy on that team that actually I really enjoy watching the rest of the team. Yeah. I'm not a big fan <laughs> of him anymore. But I do like Hawkes, but... I, I could watch... Juzang play a especially lot. When, when he plays well. When he mm-hmm. plays poor, he 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 will miss a lot of shots. <laughs> yep. Like he had a couple of games in the tournament where he didn't even really play that well. But uh, yeah, that was UCLA's run was really fun. You know, second playing team to ever make the Final Four. Um, it is sad that March Madness is over though, because like there, it was just it kind of so awesome. So yeah, fast. And, and it always does, you know. But it was just like. I don't know. It's it's sad that it's over, but I guess it's a reason to get back into NBA. I mean, I really haven't been. I've been watching the Pistons, but that's pretty much it. I really haven't been watching a lot of just re- different NBA games because of March Madness, you know. Mm-hmm. And like a lot of the, you know, LeBron is still hurt, KD is still hurt, Anthony Davis is still hurt. A lot of guys still aren't playing. So, but I mean, we're in that you know second half stretch in the NBA right now, so things are going to start getting interesting. Um, before we do transition over to the NBA, though. Let's talk about college basketball next year. Do you have any other like specific games of the tournament you do want to talk about first or no? Uh, the UCLA-Bama game. Oh, yeah, that was, was a really fun one. I mean, UCLA. First buzzer beater of the tournament, too. UCLA really had a great run as just interesting. I mean, they went into overtime, what, twice? Yeah, against Bama and State. Gonzaga. And State, yeah, three oh, times. Oh, three times. Yeah. That's a crazy run. Yeah, I mean that's nuts. Uh, they were they were a lot of fun to watch. And all respect to UCLA. Yeah, because those and did too. But that that's really <laughs> the only game that really sticks out. To yeah, me. that was a good one too because UCLA played really good in the first half, and then in the second half they played like trash. Uh-huh. They played so bad and still somehow ended up winning that game because in overtime they played really well. But the whole second half they played so bad. Um, yeah, that game was really fun though too. But yeah, Suggs buzzer beater was probably the best moment of oh easily of the March Madness. One of the best moments uh, in college basketball history, especially you know as a freshman. So it's it was it's cool to see him maybe a future Piston, you know, doing something. Yeah, like yeah. That. But any other ga- specific games? I mean, I'm trying to think if there's any more. I mean, it was awesome watching Loyola beat Illinois. Yeah, but I'm talking like that we missed, like yeah, from from like a Sweet, Sweet 16, 16 Elite Eight on. Really none that I can think of. I mean, it was really like Houston kind of had a pretty easy path in. Yeah. They, you know, crapped on Syracuse and Oregon State. Um, even though, did Oregon State almost beat them? I think that was kind of close. I don't really remember, though. I think it was a like, close game. I, yeah. I think Houston pulled away at the end. I do I like Houston. I liked watching them, too. They yeah, were I like really Jarrell. fun to watch. Yeah, I like, I like their squad a lot. Um, yeah, that's pretty much I mean, it, though. The most disappointing game for me was Loyola-Oregon State. 
Because I was rooting so hard for Loyola. Oh, yeah, same. And it was just like Oregon State was like, I just wasn't really that big on. I wasn't, I wasn't really a, Yeah, I wasn't really like a fan of their upset run. Cause yeah. like, but, I mean, they did play well. Like, they definitely, they played really good defense, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, let's talk about next year. So, um, in the last two weeks, a lot has happened going into next year already, especially for Michigan State. Um, first, Jack Hoiberg, one of our bench players for most of you know his time at state transfers out but he is on scholarship so Fred Hoiberg's son he's going to play at UTEP I think some some very small D1 school but then Rocket Watts transfers which was a shock to most people um I kind of honestly did see it coming I, te- I it was either Jagger or Dale I don't remember literally like the day or two before I text him I was like I would not be shocked if Rocket transfers just cuz um with Tyson Walker coming in we we got a transfer point guard coming in Rocket really just couldn't really play point guard that much this year, and he's get he pretty much got replaced, you know. And so I, I all love goes out to Rocket Watts. I mean, he was definitely really fun to watch, especially his freshman year. Um, a, he, a guy like Rocket Watts usually doesn't come to Michigan State, so it was really cool to see a guy like him play there. And I really think wherever he goes, whether it's Louisville or Florida State, I think are two top teams reportedly going after him. I think he's gonna ball out like mm-hmm. in a in a it's different a in a in a different conference. Which any other conference other than the Big Ten is guard play conference, like especially and, the SEC. If he goes there, like, like if he goes to Louisville, he'll he'll be very good, I think. And a lot of times, the smaller guards find a lot of success in those other conferences because mm-hmm. they're not dominated by huge dudes. Just like yeah, really good offensive guards mm-hmm. to dominate. Yeah, I mean, Rocket's not too small. He's like six three, six four, but but kind of weight wise, he's yeah. not he's not a big guy yeah, exactly. by any means. Uh, but I'm super excited to see wherever Rocket goes. And shout out Rocket, because I did enjoy watching him play, except for oh, yeah. the time he finally played good this year against Michigan again. <laughs> yeah, I didn't enjoy watching him against UCLA, and the, <laughs> but that's fine. But yeah, we got Tyson Walker coming from Northeastern, I think. Um, he averaged like 19 a game, four or five assists last year for his team. Um, and he's just a – he's. I really hope he can kind of be a – Mike Smith type player. I'm not saying he has to be exactly like him, but just like a kind of a nobody transfer coming in or coming from a nobody school at least and having a huge impact. He is going to be a junior this year, so he is not just going to be at MSU for one year unless he plays out of his mind and goes to the draft. Where did you say he was from? Northeastern, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, that's an odd school. Yeah, he's from a he's he's from a very smaller school, but played really well. Um, he was one of the top transfer players available right from the rip. So. I'm happy to get him. Michigan State definitely has some work to do, though. Still, I mean, because we we were talking about, you know, they they still need a couple more guys to transfer out, especially if they want Amani Bates to play next year. I don't know how. I don't know what's going to happen there. He has like until sometime in May for his reclassification deadline. He probably won't play at State. I mean, now that I'm thinking about it, like I don't know what else he's going to do. But it I don't just know. it. The writing on the wall screams Amani's not coming. When you see a guy like Max Christie who is so clearly wanting to come to Michigan State and is excited, and then you look over at Amani Bates, really hasn't said much. I mean, he has. I mean, the people have he's, – he's definitely defended Michigan State where, like, he's – there was that report a while ago that came out that said Amani Bates is apparently really interested in the G League or whatever, and he tweet quote mm-hmm. tweeted it and said – if it didn't come from me, it ain't true. And yep. like it said, hashtag Spartan dog. So like he definitely is committed to Michigan State. And if he goes to college, it's going to be just Michigan State. It's just whether or not he goes to college or not. Um, I just don't, I just feel like, yeah, like there hasn't been enough proof, I guess, for me to yeah. think he's coming to Michigan State. Yeah. And that's what I was like recently. He, I mean, I haven't really heard much 
about yeah. anything. And I mean, they're I. in their season right now yeah. and everything too. But yeah, I, I'm still excited for state next year. I do think they're going to be a lot better next year. Um, let's talk about starting five for state next year, and we'll we'll do the kind of the same thing yep. with Michigan. Um, next year, MSU is going to have a lot of seniors on our team. I mean, we are going to have pretty much our whole team was juniors. We're going to have Gabe Brown, Joey Hauser, Mal- um, no, not Malik Hall, Marcus Bingham, Foster Lawyer, Thomas Kithier. Kithier. Uh, I mean, Aaron Henry is going to leave, but I don't. I think there's a. I feel like there's one more too that I'm forgetting. Maybe not, but yeah, I don't know if Foster Lawyer plans on leaving or not. But starting lineup is going to be. Tyson Walker at the one, I think 100% will be the starting point guard. Shooting guard will be Max Christie probably. The small forward position is is interesting because Gabe Brown kind of played more of the four this year, but I could definitely see them starting him at the three and maybe starting Hauser at the four. Where State's starting lineup last year was just so different every mm-hmm. single game that you never really know. There's no consistency. Yeah, Gabe Brown probably at the three. Either Malik Hall or Joey Hauser at the four, and I think Marcus Bingham definitely deserves to start at the five next year. But I could also see MSU still trying to go get another transfer player, so I really don't know. So do you think uh, Matty Sissoko's minutes are going to take a big jump this next year? Or do you think he's going to stick right around the same um, because all the bigs are back? I mean, he'll probably play more. It really just depends on if we do have a guy leave. If t- if Kithier leaves, because Izzo will play the upperclassman. I mean, that's just mm-hmm. always how he's been. Um, but if Kithier transfers, and I'm not like saying he needs to transfer or whatever, he's just kind of the... If there were to be players to transfer, Foster, Lawyer, and Kithier are, are like the two men out, Personal the odd out. men out, you yeah. feel like. But I think Sissoko definitely will get a, more minutes than he did last year. Just whether or not he gets significant minutes, I don't really know. And that depends on how much Marble plays or if Bingham does play really well next year. Who knows? I mean, maybe he'll just play most of the game, but... I do think Sissoko will play more. He was a four star in high school. Right? Yeah, he was. He was ranked right above uh, Hunter Dickinson. Like they right were, above. They were, yeah, like they were right. Yeah, they were really they were like right in the same air, like in the hot late thirties, early forties. That's 40s. crazy. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that yeah. at all. <laughs> um, but and then the the guard position is interesting next year for state too because we have AJ Hogard, who honestly I had a pretty good freshman year at Michigan State. I mean, he's not the best shooting or scoring wise, but. Plays pretty good defense. He's got pretty good size for a guard, and he is a pretty good playmaker too. But then we have Jaden Akins coming in, uh, who will be a freshman next year, who I think definitely should be getting minutes. Like I said, Foster Lawyer is still on the team. Uh, we have Tyson Walker coming in. Rocket leaving does create more playing time for our guards, but is it enough though? I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, exactly. For you, the the problem is when you start getting these top recruited freshmen. They almost have to play. Oh, or else yeah. they're just gonna leave. I mean, yeah, like Sissoko didn't really play much last year, which, which was I I was surprised by. I thought too. he would play a lot more. And you bring in a guy like Jade Nakins, and now Holgard needs his minutes. I mean, he was he was a top recruit in high school, right? He was top. He was, t- he was a four star. He was. That's pro- what I, I think he was in like the sixties or something. But I mean, these and guys Aikens that need, is, need their is right in the same area, yeah. Too, he's in the sixties, kind of just like how Hogard was. I mean, I'm really excited to watch State next year because it will be a completely different team, mm-hmm. even though it's not really that different, yeah. I guess. And, like, we have Pierre Brooks coming in, who has been dominating in the yeah. in, in, uh, Mar- <laughs> Michigan's high school tournament. Yeah, I did, they're, playing in the, they're playing in the state championship. Uh, semis. Or is it semis? Is that what's next? Yeah. Uh-huh. He's been going off, though. Yeah, he's been putting up, like, the high 30 balls, 40 balls. He had, like, 35, uh, yeah, 13, and all and of seven. them were, he was taken, I mean, did you see, like, any highlights from that game? I didn't see it. I mean, he's the biggest dude on the court. Oh, like, he's huge. As far as with the ball. I mean, he's, like, 6'6", six, six, but he's he's a big dude. Mm-hmm. 
but he's taken step back threes, like super deep contested jumpers and just absolutely draining them. Um, I think he probably will end up winning Mr. Basketball. I was reading something about it the other day, and it's kind of looking like he's going to end up winning it, which would be super cool. So who are, who's like a guy who's like compete? Who's like up there right with them? And- Colby Buffkin, I'm pretty sure. Oh, is, okay. I'm pretty sure it's like between yeah. them two. Yeah, and I know uh, Foster Wonders. Yeah, Foster Wonders is a candidate is yeah. a is a candidate for that too. They have like the the top five. I forget who the other two guys. I didn't really know who they were. I've never yeah, really heard no, of them. I didn't know me because we were talking about we were. I think me and Scuba and and Barry Hill were looking at it, but. Yeah, I mean, Michigan State just has a lot. They're, this team could look a lot different next year. Like, there's, I mean, Aaron Henry is going to go to the draft. Langford already said he's not coming back. Um, and then after that, those are the only two guys leaving. So, I mean, obviously, Rocket is transferring. And we have a lot of guys possibly coming in. So, like I said, it would be, I'm I'm not saying it would be nice if, if a couple guys left, but I wouldn't mind <laughs> if a couple guys who probably wouldn't be in the rotation next year anyways decide to transfer out it makes it a lot easier for Izzo to give those minutes to somebody else Mm -hmm. it makes it look a lot better yeah because you're given you know a foster lawyer comes out and gets no minutes and Aikens and Pierre Brooks are getting big time minutes I mean I would prefer that but it's a bad look for anybody who wanted to come exactly as a low lower crew Mm -hmm. you know I'm not gonna play anyways he's gonna bring in a freshman who's better than me but I'm really excited to see Tyson Walker play next year like that's that he that's my main guy next year I just we really did not have consistent guard play this year and it's something that I'm used to as a Michigan State fan so I'm really excited to see what he can do next year for I haven't seen anything on him is he a bigger guard a smaller guard I mean I'm pretty sure he's like 6'2 6'3 so I mean he's not yeah he's not like small by any means and he's a one a true yeah he's he's a point guard yeah he's he's a point guard so I don't know I'm just like I haven't watched too much I've watched some I've watched his highlight tape but like it's it's playing against those teams yeah so it's like it's you don't really know what to expect coming in. Yeah, highlights are an awful way to judge a player. Yeah, exactly. Just because they're highlights, mm-hmm. you don't get to see the bad. You always right. see the good. Let's talk about Michigan. Um, I go ahead. Cannot wait for <laughs> Michigan basketball next year, but I am starting to get a little nervous because of all the talk that's been going on. Uh, just four hours ago, five hours ago, Mike Smith, uh, announced that he's going and declaring for the NBA draft. Which is super cool. I, yeah. I, I something that was expected too. I mean, mm-hmm. at least not him declaring for the draft, but just not coming back to yeah. Michigan. I didn't expect him to play college again. Um, I mean, Michigan is kind of in the opposite of Michigan State, mm-hmm. where they have a lot of guys possibly leaving. I mean, you or have, staying. Yeah, maybe. I mean, because right now, um, Mike Smith is gone. Franz is for sure gone. I would yep. say. I think he's for sure going to go to the draft. And then there's the question marks with the three. Uh, I mean, Austin Davis is also gone. Mm-hmm. And then you have the three others that are really like. What are so the three it, others Livers, being Brooke, Eli Brooks, and Shondi Brown? The talk is now Livers won't be back for another five months and was going to miss the NBA workouts, NBA draft. And at that point, he didn't have much stock to begin yeah, with. He's going to be a late second round pick, anyways. If so, there's now the discussion of maybe Livers comes back. I don't know where the discussion came from about Eli and Shondi coming back. I think I Eli came out and said like he would he would love to would, come back. Yeah, exactly. I think that's what it was. And I don't know what the speculation is about Shondi, but apparently, I mean, Michigan Twitter is just yeah convincing me that he's going to come back. And it would be cool to see a guy like Shondi come back because you know he was a grad transfer and a guy you know you expect to come for one year. And 
it, it would be really cool to see him come back. He definitely would be on an, a G League roster if he mm-hmm. were to go to the draft. Um, he's, I don't, he's basically yeah. a perfect NBA yeah, he, player. Yeah, he won't get drafted but just because he's so old. But, I mean, yeah, he's he just is a wing player. You can't go wrong with having a, th- a three and D wing, wing players. Yeah, like wing players run the NBA. So it's I'm not saying he'll ever play in the NBA, but he definitely will continue to play professional basketball if he leaves Michigan. Uh, um, some incoming recruits. You got Musa yeah. Diabate. Uh is he a four star or five star? He's a five star. Five star mm-hmm. center, uh, seven foot. Is the complete opposite of Hunter Dickinson. Runs the floor, dunks everything, shoots threes. I mean, makes he makes he's a completely different type of player. Yeah. Uh, which is really good. I love having the different types of players. Hunter Dickinson is going to come out next year, and you're going to see Musa coming in the bat. The game's going to be completely different. Super fast paced. I hope. I'm really excited to see him. Uh. Another guy coming back, Brandon Johns, who had a great tournament. Yeah, I'm he, excited to see Johns jump next year. I mean, he's going to be a senior next mm-hmm. year, right? So, I yeah. mean, it's, I, I'm excited to see what he can, especially if Livers doesn't come back. I think Johns is going to be one of the better players for Michigan yeah, well, next year. I think I think next year, so let's talk about starters real quick. So, well, we have to have a couple speculations. Let's. Yep. Are we saying, who are we saying is coming back? Uh, Eli Brooks. We'll say Eli Brooks okay. is coming back. I feel, want to say just him. Yeah, just because okay. I do sake. feel like Eli Brooks will for sure yeah, come back. Me too. I think he he just isn't ready for an next step. Yeah, anyway, and like he's not he probably he's not gonna play in the league. He's mm-hmm. not gonna play on a G League team. You know, he could play overseas. He, yeah, he go play like, overseas. But like, why not just come back to Michigan for I mean, one year and yeah, then go? Then go be a fifth year. Like he'll dominate. I mean, not dominate, but he'll he'll play a crap yeah. ton. You know. So who's starting at the one? That's me. That's the biggest question. Probably Eli Brooks at that point. Yeah, that's what kind of what I was thinking because I mean, when Mike Smith came out, the Michigan really didn't have a backup point guard last mm-hmm. year. It was really Mike Smith would come out of the, either Mike Smith or Eli Brooks would come out of the game, and the other one would stay in and play point guard. That's how it mm-hmm. was pretty much every Michigan game this year that was competitive, at least. Obviously, the against the trash teams, you know, Zeb and them would get in, but. Um. Yeah, there there really wasn't backup guard play for Michigan. So Eli Brooks running point guard is not a bad thing at mm-hmm. all, and he's a good defender. He has pretty good size. I mean, he'll be a fifth year senior. You can't get much more yeah. experience than that. And it does suck losing a guy. You know, if you had Franz still, I mean, because he he brings a lot of playmaking to the table as mm-hmm. well. So you don't really have to worry about your point guard running everything. But so let's say yeah, let's say Eli Brooks starts at the one, at the two, at the two. I mean, maybe Kobe Bufkin, maybe because you have. You know, Frankie Collins is coming in as a rookie, or not a rookie, a freshman. Kobe Bufkin as a freshman. You have Zeb Jackson, who's going to be a sophomore, which we I really don't know what his what his minutes are going to look like next year because he just got very limited minutes this year. Only nine guys really got any playing. I guess ten. But pretty much, are we talking significant minutes though? Like it rotational players. There was like like, eight of them. Yeah, because Terrence Williams wasn't significant until Livers went out. Yeah, exactly. You had Austin Davis. Sean D. Um, Sean D. And no, there's one more. There's one more. No, I think it is. I think Terrence Williams is that eighth guy. Yeah, probably. Oh, wait, no, Johns came off the bench oh, when, yes. when Livers was. Yep. Yeah, yep. Johns came off the bench. But he, he really didn't play much either. Eh, he played a good amount. He I played mean, like, a good amount. Ten minutes. Eh, like ten minutes is not that much. You think eh, like, it's in college, I guess it's a You think it amount. was like 15? I would say like 15, yeah. I mean, but, it's not that big of a difference. So at the two, you really have a lot of options. It's really whoever... Wants it and or is for it. or you could move Eli to the two and whoever you want to start the one. Yeah, Frankie Collins. Would, or... I would not be surprised at all though if Jawan Howard and Michigan go out and do exactly what they did last year and get a Mike Smith mm-hmm. to play point guard. Why not? I mean, like it I'm, works so great. The but first but time. then you have these all these younger guards. That's like 
are they going to play? But that's but that's just it's just so difficult because you it's hard to pick one one of them to just start. Yeah, you know. And the I guess if Sean D comes back though, you could start Eli Brooks, Sean D Brown, Caleb Houston, Brandon Johns, and Dickinson and Dickinson. And like, Terrence and then off Williams. the bench, off the bench, you have Terrence Williams, uh, Frankie, and Kobe Bufkin, Musa. and Zeb Musa. Yeah, he'll be the <laughs> sixth man. Um, and Terrence Williams will probably play a decent amount. But I, I think Michigan will probably get at least one transfer, whether it's a wing or a guard. I would think so. I'm really excited for Michigan next year. It's going to be a whole different look, hopefully. I, I shouldn't say hopefully because I would love to see. If Isaiah came back, I would love that, and Shondi came back, I would love that. The only problem is it creates uh, almost too much competition. There's too many people, yeah. Too many guys that got to get minutes. It's like Michigan Cal- State this year. Because how does Caleb Houston fit into that rotation? I now? mean, I think Caleb Houston will probably start, I feel like, no matter you what. You think if Shondi and Livers comes back? He starts. I just feel like there's no world where all three of them either come back. Me either. Like, I feel like definitely two out of the three could, but all three of them, like, that's just too much. They would have to, they would have to pretty much tell somebody that they have to transfer. Yeah. Do you think Juwan says to him, like, hey, we don't really need you to come back? That's what I'm wondering how how it went down with Michigan State. Because Michigan State, before they even brought in Tyson Walker, was two guys over the limit with. With speculating Imani Bates coming so like in, like making cuts. Yeah, so you have to cut guys that are on scholarship. How yeah. do you, you know, like how do you bring yourself? How to do you do tell that? them, hey, you you got to go play somewhere else? Like this yeah. isn't the NBA. They they chose to come there, yeah. you know. But you like you recruited them there. <laughs> yeah, and that's where I'm. I'm a little. I'm I'm kind of hopeful that Isaiah Livers leaves, and I'd rather Eli Brooks over Shondi Brown. I'd much rather, and that's not anything against Eli Brooks. You mean Shondi? No, I'd rather keep. I'd rather Sean. Oh, come I thought back you meant you'd rather Eli. keep Eli over. Really, you would? You'd rather yeah. have Sean D come back? And that's just because Sean D was my one of my favorite players See, on the team this year. Sean D might be better, but I just feel like Michigan Fit. needs yeah. uh, needs yep. a a ball handler. Yeah, and I was more. getting yeah. That. Like, there's no doubt we need Eli Brooks more, but I love Sean D right. Brown. So, uh, I I it it is okay as long as all three of them don't come back because then it creates an issue. I mean, yeah, even, if all, three, even if all three come back, yeah, it wouldn't be the end of the world, but then you're right. I mean, Brandon Johns is either coming off the bench or you're starting him and Livers together, and he does, you know, he never... Yeah, there's no way that all no, three of them come you, back. You can't. It, it would screw Juwan I feel Howard's like Livers probably up. won't. No. Uh, so let's talk about uh, something interesting. I, we, I didn't, we didn't talk about it, but do you see why Roy Williams retired? Did you see his reasoning? Uh-uh. Yeah, oh, yeah, we forgot to talk about that, yeah. <laughs> uh, so Roy Williams, North Carolina's head coach, uh, retires. Uh, assistant coach Hubert Davis is yeah. his name, uh, promoted to head coach. Uh, I'm really excited to see the change, in all honesty. Not that I wanted Roy Williams out or anything, because everybody loves Roy yeah, Williams. Yeah, just because UNC has just really kind of been not as dominant as they usually are, so you yep. want to see if maybe they can, if they're going to get back to being a blue blood, or are they going to kind of just fall out of it? But apparently, a top recruiter has transferred out. Yeah, Walker Kessler. And he... It, Ticked him right off, like he he came out and said really? the transfer portal has ruined will ruin. A lot of people basketball. are are upset about the transfer portal. Well, it does create an issue, and that's the thing. I like that. Yeah, let's talk about. I was actually was gonna bring up the transfer portal because I was gonna talk about Michigan. You know, because how successful they were last year. If you did not know, um, the rule used to be if you wanted to transfer in college basketball, you had to take a year off of you had a year taken away of eligibility and you couldn't play. Joey Hauser was kind of the last guy in college basketball that had to go through this rule. When he came to Michigan State, he actually came before this year, even though last year was his first year, but had to sit out the entire season because he was a transfer, and they tried to fight it and everything. But 
because of COVID and everything going on, they decided that it, last year it was it was supposed to be just for last year. All transfers are immediately eligible to play. So we saw a lot of really good transfers. Mike Smith, Shawnee Brown, but like Carly Jones from Louisville, one transfer of the year. He was dominant for them. There's There was a lot of really good transfers. Johnny Juzang, Quentin mm-hmm. Grimes, I mean, a lot of them. And this year, um, the NCAA is, is not, I mean, technically all these guys aren't going to be eligible to play right away, but the rule will get changed to full-time. It's pretty much rumored that the NCAA is going to make this a permanent change because of how successful it was for a lot of teams. But just so far, I mean, the the amount of talent that has transferred, entered the transfer portal, is it's like NBA free agency. It, I mean, and and I don't like it. No, I mean, like, I, I like it and I don't at the same time because I liked it until Rocket Watts left. And yeah. then I was like, ah, man, that's like, that sucks. I mean, Marcus Carr, Miles Johnson, you know, Rocket Watts. I mean, those are just Big Ten players. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more I'm that gonna, I can't like, think it's of. It's going to hurt when a... When a top freshman we come in doesn't get minutes, yeah. and he, it's so easy now. Devin Eskew just transferred yeah. just transferred from Kentucky. I mean, it's, yeah, it's definitely it's, for freshmen. Yeah, freshmen that come in and don't play right away, they, they are leave. gonna leave. And it it ruins college basketballs and longevity. If something's hard, you can just leave. Oh, I didn't like this here at Kentucky. I, it wasn't very good. Yeah. You can now just leave so easily and not feel anything because you're gonna play next year anyways. And it creates like if you're bringing in a ton of top recruits. None of them are going to want to sit your bench for a year yeah. if they know they can just go play somewhere else. Exactly. Uh, so it creates a serious issue because now we're going to see top recruits just leaving because their seniors playing in front of them when they sh- the seniors are seniors. They should mm-hmm. be playing. So I completely see where Roy Williams is coming from. It's the same problem AU teams have in high school. If a kid doesn't like his AU team, instead of competing and getting better, he'll go play for one that he can go start on. Yeah. He's going to go play for somebody else. It creates a serious issue, and I'll tell you this. I've heard from college coaches, they hate it. They can't stand watching a kid move AAU team to AAU team to AAU team because he doesn't like it. And I think it's going to become an issue in the very near future where a lot of coaches are going to get really upset with the transfer portal. And I, I don't, like I said, I don't like it. But at the same time, I do like it because you look at, you know, there's a lot of mm-hmm. examples. I mean, I know I keep bringing up Michigan, but like that Michigan the team is example. that Michigan team is nothing without Mike mm-hmm. Smith and Sean E. Brown. I mean, I legitimately think that without those two guys, I mean, yeah, they they would have been good, but they average. would they would not have average. been nearly as good as they were. They yeah, they would have been an average Big Ten team, probably a six or seven seed in the tournament, not a one seed. I mean, like, so it's just, and and it's that's the thing. Like, it's not like all these guys are just like. There's not like the six of the top, you know, 20 yeah. players in, in college basketball are all transferring, going to the same school and, you know, going to build a super team or whatever. That isn't really happening. It's just like it's it's more like how what you're saying. It's just about the fact that they're taking the easy way out of not competing to get minutes. Mm-hmm. Like you chose to come to that school for a reason, you know, but at the same time, you look at it from their perspective, this school recruited me and I chose to come to this school over another school and I'm not playing, you know, what, what am I supposed to do about that? But like an example would be, uh, let's say Juwan Howard, uh, his plan is Frankie Collins in his third year is going to get big time minutes and be the number one option point guard on Michigan. If Frankie Collins does now he feels inclined to play him in his first couple of years, even though he might not be ready, just off the fact he doesn't want him to transfer. Right. I, he's so worried about him transferring. And so it makes coaches feel like they have to play guys who aren't quite ready 
just so they can hang on to them for the future. Adam Miller transferring. Like, yeah, what? That one was really shocking. I mean, he was a starter this year as a freshman on one of the better teams in the country. I know he didn't get a lot of, you know, reps and a lot of touches just because he was, you know, probably the fourth or fifth best player on that team. But, but think about next year. Ayu Dosimu is gone. Kofi Coburn yeah. is gone. Like, you, why did you yeah, transfer? Exactly. And, and a, lot of, a lot of guys are transferring out of the Big Ten because they see how you know, more, I guess, I don't know, more, how much better stats you can put yeah. up in other conferences, I guess. Even though the Big Ten, I feel like, is still a lot more competitive. Um, I know they didn't do good in the tournament. I, whatever. I still, I mean, I still think the Big Ten yeah, is still the, one of the better conferences. But I don't know. This The transfer portal is something that I really do have mixed opinions mm-hmm. on. And I... I do too. Because I, I get it in some situations. I like it. I liked it last year. I will say. Last year was pretty calm. There wasn't a lot of huge big time players leaving, but this year, I mean, just already, I mean, they haven't even guys really haven't been transferring to places yet. Just entering the transfer portal, so much talent. I mean, mm-hmm. like it's. I mean, Adam Miller is a huge one where I can think like, imagine if he makes a blockbuster move and goes to like, I don't know, Duke. Yeah, and it's like, huh? Like, come on, dude. Like, you could just pick them from the start. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like a Boogie Ellis from Memphis, he's transferring. I mean, there's, there's just a lot of. But, I mean, is it much different than, like, decommitting from a college no. and going somewhere else? I mean, not really, but... It's just supposed to be that once you get to that college, you're there. Yeah, you exactly. Know? It's the, never... Yeah, a it's, coach doesn't have to continue to recruit you after he has you. You shouldn't really have to worry about a guy leaving as yeah. a college coach. Like, that's what NBA coaches have to worry yeah, about. I shouldn't be thinking about whether my new freshman is going to leave me. Because I've already done right. And then at the same time, you know, a guy like... You know, Roy Williams, honestly, too, you got to think as a coach perspective, especially as a coach who doesn't agree with it... You have to you have to agree with it because yeah, you, you have are. to go out and get transfers. Like that you look at how successful teams were that with the transfers this year. Even Gonzaga, like Andrew Nemhard, one of their guards, like one of the best transfers last year came from Creighton, I'm pretty or actually I'm not sure where he came from, but like it's just like you have to hop on this transfer portal wave because it is going to become, especially if if they don't decide to change the rules and, you know, back to what they used to be, it's gonna become like what almost better than recruiting, I feel like. Yeah, I almost think that it, it and I'm kind of leaning more towards that it will be an issue in a couple of years where you're going to just see players transferring too much and it's going to be mm-hmm. like, you're never even going to know what team most guys are on. Right. Because I feel year, like something will end up happening mm-hmm. as far as if it gets too out of control. I Coaches think so. will stick up for themselves. Yeah. Coaches will say, "Are you serious? Like, I, I'm gonna have to babysit my yeah. kids." Yeah, and that's now. just what sucks. Like they, like I said, they they might not agree with it, but they have to mm-hmm. at least. They have to agree with it as far as the recruiting process making their team better. So I'm pretty sure, I mean, do we have anything else about college basketball nope. related we want to talk about? So NBA uh, talk, the trade deadline happened the day before after our last episode. So it's been about two weeks since the trade deadline. Um, you know all the trades that happened. Vooch to the Bulls, Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets, Norm Powell and Gary Trent swap teams, uh, DeLon Wright for Corey Joseph. But By the way, was a good one. Corey Joseph has been playing Way too much, bro. And he <laughs> pisses me off. Him and Frank Jackson, dude. Last night watching the Pistons, them two dudes just try to do so much in the minutes that they get. See, I didn't I didn't see I didn't know Corey Joseph actually was playing. Oh yeah, he played he probably played like 20, 25 minutes. Oh my last god. Night. Yeah. Why? I mean Sadiq Bay and Jeremy Grant went off last night, but 
I don't know. That's the thing. Like, I just, and he acts like such a, like, he, I mean, he's a veteran. He yeah, is. Yeah, he is. But he acts like he is, like, the boss of them like dudes. Batman. Like, he was yet barking at all the Pistons players last night on the court. Like, especially the young guys. He probably thinks it's a time to revive his career. Yeah, I know. It's just like, like bro, like, can we buy this dude out? Like, <laughs> get him off the roster, please. <laughs> um, And, like, yeah, like, Frank Jackson played, like, 20 minutes last night. Like, oh, my. Killing Hayes is back, by the way. Um. I'm super happy for him to be back, but are we any other like specific things you want to I mean, talk about? I, I really love. I actually the Trailblazers Raptors trade of Gary Trent and Norman Powell might have been one of the most even trades yeah, ever. Just a just like it's almost so even that's like what's the point of yeah? It's even like doing why did you trade? do that? Yeah, <laughs> it's so because they both are going to be free agents, whereas Gary Trent's going to be restricted and Norm Powell is going to be unrestricted. Um. Yeah. It's it's really weird. One is a little bit better at offense. Yeah. The other one's a little bit one's, better at defense. Better at defense. One is you know I mean Gary Trent is five six years younger, but still <laughs> like I'm Norm Powell is definitely the better player. Uh. Yeah. It is a weird I, one. I I really couldn't figure because I'm sitting here. I'm like, what What was the point of this? It's not like that's a championship move for the Trailblazers or the Raptors. I don't really get it. It felt like they could have just kept them on the same team. Yeah, I feel like it makes a little more sense for the Raptors just because they're kind of heading towards a rebuild. rebuild. Yep. And Gary Trent definitely fits that. I mean, he's 21. Um, you know, and for the Blazers, I mean, yeah, Norm Powell does fit your timeline, I guess. But he's he's going to be a free agent just like yeah. Gary Trent. Maybe you don't want to pay Gary Trent, but, like, is, he's going to be making probably less than what Norm Powell's going to ask for. I would for. assume. Norm Powell is probably going to get at least $24 million next year if I had to take mm-hmm. a guess. I mean, he is a... He's having a really good year. He's averaging 20 points a game this year. So, And didn't Gary Trent hit a game winner the other night? Yeah, yeah, he yeah. did. And him and uh, – he got in a fight last night in the Lakers game, the Raptors and Lakers. Or not like a fight, but Schroeder Scuffle. and Ananobi were going at it, and then Montrez and, and OG both got ejected, and Gary Trent was involved. And, yeah, it was a whole mess. But <laughs> like, like I said, the NBA is just not – doesn't feel like it's just that fun to watch right mm-hmm. now with, like, all these stars being in, being out. Like, the like, Lakers, bro, I don't like, watch that game. Their team is garbage without yeah. them, too. Oh, my Why God. Why would I watch the Lakers right yeah. now? Yeah, like, I'll watch maybe if – like, I watched Celtics-Sixers the other day. That was a really good game, even though the Sixers – I mean, they won by a decent amount, but it's fun watching the Celtics lose, honestly. Mm. But <laughs> um, If you did not know, ESPN came out with their – Top 25 under 25 list, and it is huge disclaimer here. This is based on future potential. This is not the best right now. It is just the top 25 under 25 based on their future potential. So you're going to see guys on here that clearly are not better than the guys that are lower than them right now. That's not what it's about. Just wanted to put that out there. So <laughs> is this the first year they've done it this way? No, they they do it like this every year. I'm pretty sure because they oh, okay. they they make it like every because I was reading like they how many spots they moved up and down and yep. everything in it. Um, I can go over ESPN's list real quick though, and and then we'll do our list obviously. So ESPN's list has Luca at number one, Zion at number two, Lamelo Ball at number three, Donovan Mitchell at number four, Jason Tatum at five, De'Aaron Fox at six, Ben Simmons at seven. Devin Booker at 8, Bam Adebayo at 9, and Shea Gilgis-Alexander at 10. Some notable guys left off the list um, that kind of just were that were in the top 25. Um, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, Ja Morant. Trey Young is at number 16. Yeah, Trey Young's the big one. Got really disrespected. I mean, yeah, not the fact that he just missed the top 10. He's at number 16. I mean, Trey Young's 22 years old. 
Um, and has averaged 25 and 10 yeah. since his rookie Sabonis year. Sabonis is at number 13. Uh, DeAndre Ayton is at number 15. So, or no, he's at, never mind, he's at number 20. Sabonis is at number 18. Can but, we discuss, do you think Do you think the Sabonis, I guess we'll discuss it when we're doing our list, but. I mean, Sabonis isn't on my list. If I, that, okay, yeah. so do you think Sabonis is more potential than Trey Young? No, probably not. No. Right? I, th- no, I think that one's not. an obvious yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Trey Young is higher than Sabonis on this list. But I thought you said Sabonis was 13. He, yeah, I messed it up. He's at, he's 18. Trey oh, Young is 16. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. But, like, here's here's the five guys that are out of the top 10 that are ahead of Trey Young. Okay. Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., John Morant. Jamal Murray's crazy. And Michael Porter Jr., yeah, I feel what, like. Michael like, Porter, I, I don't he's know. He's been balling recently, and dude. He definitely does have a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. But, like, Trey Young is just, like, He's he's the only so thing good he's already. not good at is defense. Like you can get better at defense as you get older. Like you and just get bigger as you get older. I hate to say it, but it's been proven you don't need to be a I'm good defender. I'm not saying Trey Young is like the number one player on this list, like or top five, but like he just shouldn't be 16. He's just yeah, that's just really low. But um, he's definitely top 15. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely, yeah, for sure. <laughs> like um, move him up a couple. I'm more not spots. saying he's top 10. I mean, I don't know if he's in my list or your list, but. Um, I do have I have my top ten, and I wrote down the three guys who just missed the list because I had to give them love. Did yeah. you write any? Like, I wrote I wrote some honorable mentions. All right, so let's let's do the honorable mentions. Okay. Usually we don't, but I just want to get them out of the way so we can talk about them. My my number one honorable mention. Okay, yeah. Wait, wait. How many did you write down? I wrote on four. All right, let's go. Let's go in I'll order. Go then. So you're fourteen, pretty much. Number fourteen. Michael Porter Jr. Okay. Um, my thirteen. I didn't write down uh fourteen, but my thirteen was Ja Morant. I think I feel like I don't know if that's a disrespect to Ja Morant or not. I'll tell you right now, he old. didn't make my list. Yeah, and it's just like I don't know. It's it's really hard to put. It's not no diss towards Ja Morant. Yeah. There's just a lot of young talent in the NBA. Like the, the NBA is in great hands. A lot of young talent, and it does based on how young you are too. I mean, mm-hmm. Ja Morant's twenty one years old. A lot of these guys on this list are twenty four, twenty three. So John I mean, Morant's got a lot of time to move exactly. up. Exactly. Uh my number 13 is uh Jalen Brown. It's just that I don't know how much better he gets, is the thing. I think he's I think he definitely super good. Will, yeah. I think he's got a lot of room to grow in playmaking, is the big one. Mm-hmm. Uh but and I it's not saying that I don't think he'll grow, but I don't know how much he right. more he I mean grows. he's a guy too that you look at his stats, I mean, they've really just increased yeah, every, every single year. year he's been in the NBA like significantly. So um yeah, he's definitely a guy who has he is twenty four though, so I mean yep. he's not going to be on this list next year. Um, my number twelve is Trey Young. He did not make my top ten. Um, and that is I really wanted to put him in the top ten just because I felt like he got so disrespected by ESPN's list. But I just looked at the ten guys that I have above him, and even the eleventh guy, and I just feel like they all have more potential than than Trey Young. Yeah, but I- Trey Young is a guy who. Is but it's kind of like you what you said with Jalen Brown though. How much better is, is Trey Young's young? stats gonna get? Is he gonna average forty and ten? Like the dude averaged twenty nine and ten last year. Like How I, much more can you improve off that? And that's what I was thinking. Like, isn't he at his peak? Damn near. Yeah, like I mean his, his peak might last twelve years. And his yeah, and obviously his team has not been good until this year. This his team is you know like fourth or fifth in the East right now. So. So yeah. I guess I didn't really write these in order. Like there, right. there's but a just guy, what, based on what you think. Some honorable mentions that I have. Uh, Trey Young is my number twelve as well. Yeah, and then my number eleven is the guy that really pained me to take him off this list is Shea Gilgis Alexander. I really wanted to put him on this list. Oh, 
Wow. <laughs> wow. My list is going to be much different than yours. I think we're going to have very um, I'm a very lists. biased Jay Gildas Alexander fan, though, but still, man, that's tough leaving him off the list. I just It's not that I don't think he's great. It's just that I think there's a lot of guys who have proven more and also have a lot of room to grow still. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll talk about Shea when I get to him on my list. My number 11 is Jalen Brown, though. Jalen Brown was somebody who I really wanted to put on here, but I he just, just missed the cut. There's, so. a, there's a guy that I left off my honorable mentions, too, just because I didn't want to talk about him. I don't remember who it was. But <laughs> oh, I don't know either. Uh, but, like, even just looking at ESPN's list, like, they have, the, listen to this, 16 is Trey Young, 18 is Sabonis, and then in the middle of them is Mikel Bridges. Like, Mikel what? Bridges is a good role player. Yeah, like, right but, now he's a great role like, player. How much potential? Are you thinking he's going to be better than Sabonis and DeAndre Ayton? There's no way. Like, I I like Mikel Bridges, but like, you have him over his teammate, DeAndre Ayton. Like, He'll be a lifetime Roka. Yeah, over, I mean, like, Colin Sexton is number 25 on this list. Like, it's just. Like, I don't think Mikel Bridges ever gets to the point Colin Sexton's at right now. Yeah, he. I mean, he's just a. I mean, they're much different players, though. I, I mean, know, but like very yeah, good defender. I guess they're hard to compare. Yeah, I guess. But um, let's get into it. Number ten. Who do you got? My number ten is a guy that I know you've got higher, a lot higher, like probably top five. It's Brandon Ingram. I have Brandon Ingram at number ten as well. What? <laughs> yeah. No. No. Way. I know. That's why I said. Remember when I told you that I could flip three, three and ten? Yeah. It yeah. was because of Brandon Ingram because I'm yeah. a huge Brandon Ingram. Yeah. Fan. And. Again, it's it's still a point where I don't know how much better Brandon Ingram gets, and and that's and obviously he he's going to get better, mm-hmm. but it's it's hard when he's he's one of the few guys on this list. If actually, I think he's the only guy on this list that has a teammate higher than him. You know, he also has another budding young player. So he has a teammate higher. I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> yeah, Ingram is 23. You know, has really stepped up his game ever since he's come to New Orleans. Has become a star. Um, I definitely knew he was going to be in my top 10, especially after ESPN did not have him in his top 10. But like I said, the nine guys ahead of him, I I don't know how much if he's going to be better. And like the way I kind of did my list was really based off of, all right, in in their prime, who's going to be better? That's kind of how okay. I, because so that's, I didn't really do it. I mean, that that's way. what future potential yeah. I feel like is what I did it, it like means. Slightly though. based off right now and No, I, did, I definitely did slightly based off right now too, but I just kind of did like in their prime how – are they going to yep. be more, uh, like way better than they are right now, too? Yep. So, yeah, Ingram number 10 for me. My number 9, I wouldn't be surprised if you don't have on the list again, but I could be wrong, I guess, for a second time. Uh, I have Ben Simmons at number 9. Uh, I am still pretty sold on Ben Simmons as a better version of Draymond Green, and I think Draymond Green at one point was a depoy. So what does that say about Ben Simmons? Yeah. I really like Ben Simmons. I think he has a spot in this league for a long time with his play style even though it is so different than most people's play style. Yeah. And he's really kind of taken – he's kind of played more of the four this year. He hasn't really played the one as much as he usually does. Yeah, especially with them getting George Hill, too. He hasn't played yet, but as soon as he does start playing, I mean, George Hill will probably get significant yeah. minutes for And him, I like so. Ben Simmons at the four anyway. Yeah, I like, like him pretty much anywhere. Yeah, you it doesn't really matter. One, one through four, <laughs> he's fine. And you're number nine. Um, yeah, Simmons didn't make my list. Uh, I really am a fan of Ben Simmons. I've always – a lot of people have always hated on Ben Simmons. I've never really been a, a hater of him. I've always liked his game. Um, but he is definitely the prime example of, is he yeah. going to be any better at all yep. in his prime? Yep. Because he has gotten, I mean, I'm not saying he's gotten worse since his rookie year. His numbers have gotten worse, but you can't just base it off that. But he has not really improved that much. In his he's NBA not really career. much He just different. came into the NBA very good. Yeah, <laughs> and exactly. He, and he really has kind of stayed at that level. 
Um, I Yeah, he's 24. I don't know how much better he gets, but he was somebody that if this was based off of just best players under top 25, he is top five, like 1,000%. Yeah, so, um, my number nine is Bam Adebayo. Um, Bam is a guy who I really wanted to put higher because he's a, a player that I could really see taking a lot more strides in the future. Um, I seen something that was comparing him and Giannis to like their kind of their careers are looking very similar. And like next year is supposed to be Bam's like breakout year. If this, if he continues on the same path as Giannis or whatever, they are very similar players, I guess, but Bam is just a, he has a really good all around game. And if he develops any sort of outside shot, which I think he will, um, I think he's going to be a top big man in this league in five years. I'm extremely high on Bam Adebayo. I'm a guy who I think he is can be legit a top three center in the league in four years. Uh, and I almost feel like he's not been talked about much this year. No. Uh, really hasn't. Almost no. gone into the underrated territory. Yeah. The underrated, overrated thing and then the NBA switches just so, so often. Fast. Yeah. And it's because of social media. Oh, yeah. It's because of TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I think Bam Adebayo is now an underrated player in this league, and which is crazy to say out of an all-star. Yeah. I mean, and it's the same way we talk about Zion being underrated. Zion is underrated. Yeah. There's no debate about that. He is nuts. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Like, he is crazy. He's damn good, yeah. Uh. And I think Bam is not, he's not obviously not as good as Zion, but he's still very underrated now. And it's like, did people forget how good Bam on a bio mm-hmm. is? So I've got Bam higher than you do, but not, yeah. not by a long shot. And ready to move to my number eight? Yes. My number eight is a surprise. It is a lot different than uh, ESPN. It is LaMelo Ball at number eight. Uh, and this is just all based off, he's only played half a year in the NBA. Yeah. I haven't gotten enough to see him. Do I think he's going to be great? Yes. Have I seen enough? Hell no. Yeah. I need a lot more time whether I'm putting it to, to decide whether or not I'm putting him on over Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, Bam Adebayo, yeah, D-Book, exactly. Jason Tatum. <laughs> I'm not doing it yet. Mm-hmm. Maybe in a year or two, maybe. But he's got a lot of time to grow. But I do think I was thinking about this. Who is better right now? Like, I know it is Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons oh, or Melo Ball. It is easily Ben Simmons, bro. <laughs> like, Come on. <laughs> but that's the thing about LaMelo Ball. LaMelo Ball is easily the hardest person to put on this list because of him, the fact that he's 19. Mm-hmm. Most of the other guys who are at his position, like, you know, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, De'Aaron Fox, they're all 23, 24 years old. LaMelo Ball is much younger than them. So it's like you're really basing, obviously, out of, out of this top 10, he is 1,000% number 10. Like, as far as skill-wise, right now, who's better? He's for sure number 10. When you're basing this on future potential, like, he is 19 years old, averaging 16, 6, and 6 with, like, a steal and a half, shooting, like, at league average from three. I mean, that's that's a pretty damn good for for a 19-year-old. Yeah. Like, he's going to get much better. Um and there's rumor he's going to come back this year too, so that's that would really? be really cool if he, yes, especially if Charlotte makes the playoffs. I would love to see him come back. Um, Melo Ball will go down in history as Magic Johnson with a jump shot. And Lamelo Ball is a guy who I might, you know, I, I'm, I, I don't know. He would like I said, he was really hard to put mm-hmm. on this list. Like just I, you could find put him anywhere. Him. Yeah, it's really difficult to other than one and two. Yeah, exactly. Um, my number eight is a guy who was much higher on ESPN's list as well. It is Donovan Mitchell. I have him at number eight, 24 years old. Donovan Mitchell is, you know, the leading scorer on the best team in the NBA. You think that would mean he's much higher, but they're just a really good all around team, really deep. 
Um, not much to say about Donovan Mitchell. I mean, he, he's going to get better. How much better? I don't really know. He is, he, like I said, he's 24, so he doesn't have much longer until he's in his prime. But Donovan Mitchell definitely deserves to be on this list. Donovan, yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I feel like he did get put a little too high, though, by ESPN at yeah. number four. I feel like that might be slightly too high just because I don't, how much better does, he's not going to ever average 30 a game. Like, I, I get that he's not that much better, but he has been the best player on a really good team. For four years yeah. already, three, yeah, through four, and he like that. That's this is crazy. His, this is his fourth season. He's, is he already? I feel like he was just a rookie with him versus Ben Simmons for rookie of the year. Man, time long, flies. That's a long time. <laughs> wow, that is crazy. But Donovan Mitchell has really been, like I said, the best player on his team. Yeah, and his team's been a playoff team every year since his rookie season, and now they're the best record in the league. Mm-hmm. So I think that says a lot about Donovan Mitchell as a player. And, yeah, I get it. He's surrounded by a guy like Rudy Gobert. Uh, he didn't have Gordon Hayward. Mike Conley's his one. Yeah. Which is that's the thing. Donovan Mitchell at point guard, like, really, it kind of showed that they needed Mike Conley mm-hmm. last year in the playoffs. So, um, And he's small. I mean, Donovan Mitchell's six foot one and plays the two. So, But he's definitely, a you know, he's very athletic and everything. So mm-hmm. who do you got at number seven? My number seven is a guy who... He's actually on my T-shirt, Devin Booker. <laughs> uh, I, I think a lot of people know I'm a huge D-Book fan uh, from Grand Rapids, uh, so I got to support. Oh, yeah. Uh, but I'm not sure how much better he gets. He and I know he gets better, mm-hmm. but I think it's just percentage-wise and a few more points per yeah. game. I mean, he might be a guy that ends up averaging you know, 28, 27, 28 points max in his career at the end of the day. With um, like five assists, but he's, yeah, he's a very good NBA player. Yeah, like really, and Chris, having Chris Paul, especially if he's there for you know the next three years, tend out his career is going to benefit Devin Booker so much. It's going to turn him into a monster. Yeah, and that Booker could definitely be a top ten player in the NBA at some point. Um, but he's like you said, he's twenty four. You know, he's he's pretty, and it feels like Booker has been in the league for like ten years. Well, he came in at nineteen. Yeah, I mean, like he he's pretty much in his prime. I feel like at this point, <laughs> he's damn near a vet already. Bro. He's six years in, low key. He's gonna start barking orders at the rookies, <laughs> and he's like a year older. Than uh, yeah, <laughs> like my number seven is uh is De'Aaron Fox. Um, De'Aaron Fox is having a really good year this year. Kind of an underrated year. Underrated, very underrated. Yeah, like he's, he's at, underrated. Isn't he average like twenty three, twenty five. I think. He's averaging 25, I think, with like seven or eight assists as well. Having a really good year. Yeah, the Kings suck, but like the Kings always suck. So I don't know how, you know, he got paid a max. De'Aaron Fox will definitely be an all-star someday. He hasn't been an all-star yet, but uh, Fox will be a top five point guard in, in the next few years in the NBA. Absolutely. There's no question about it. No question. Who you got at six? My number six is Bam out of bio. Okay. And my number six is Devin Booker. So. Okay. Top five, what are we looking at? There's a couple guys that you've already said that I yeah. haven't even said yet. I think you know. De'Aaron Fox being one of them. My number five is De'Aaron Fox. <laughs> yeah. uh, De'Aaron Fox is a monster. <laughs> He's in the worst organization in, the, in basketball <laughs> What right about now. Minnesota, though? Okay, other than Minnesota. <laughs> it's them, too. It's them, too. They, they're an awful organization. They've never put – I mean, Buddy Heald was good, but, I mean, who really else has yeah. been that great? Rashawn Holmes is only good because he plays a lot. Like I'm, I'm a firm <laughs> believer in that. I think if he's on. They have a lot team. of like solid players. They just HD. really, yeah. Harrison Barnes is a solid player. Like Tyrese Halliburton's having a good mm-hmm. year. They just really suck. They can't put it together. Yeah. Like I, I, don't I don't know what it. I don't know what their plan is going to be this off season did, at all. Did we talk about a Bagley trade? Yeah, it was Bagley for Sadiq Bay. Like 
Yeah, but he didn't. He that. didn't happen. It no, didn't happen. Yeah, obviously no. it didn't no. happen. <laughs> I, that was a dumb question. But uh, what is happening with him? Does he play? I don't know. I don't know if he's healthy or not. Yeah. I mean, he can't stay <laughs> healthy, so I don't know. Um, my number five. This is where I have Lamelo Ball, and I I really do feel bad having him above Devin Booker, Darren Fox, and Donovan Mitchell. Kind of all guards, you know, similar players, I guess. But like I said, the fact that he's 19 years old, he's five years younger than Booker and Donovan Mitchell, four years younger than De'Aaron Fox. I mean, I know Donovan Mitchell had one of the better rookie seasons that we've ever seen, didn't even win rookie of the year. But LaMelo Ball really has impressed me a lot. I'm not saying that he's going to be the MVP of the league someday like he could, but I just think that the fact that he's 19 years old really solidifies him as a top five player on this list. I don't think he's number three, but... (laughs) Um, yeah, I do think that he for sure deserves a spot in the in the top, at least the top ten. Lamelo Ball is a guy that I feel like after next season I will be able to confidently say he will at one point in his career be a top three point guard in the NBA if he has a good season. Yeah, if he has that good year, it's like okay, it makes I'm a, sold. some sort of a jump as well. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sold on this guy. He will be a top three yeah. PG in the league. Because he's got that potential just beaming out of him. It just comes out of him. Oh, yeah. And he, I'm super excited to watch him like for the next 20 years, hopefully. Oh, yeah. He, he might be our guy that we just I – mean, we've watched him <laughs> since he was 15. Oh, yeah. Which is I'm, crazy. I'm excited to see how good he can be in the future. And, yeah, I got him at number five. My number four is actually the exact same as ESPN, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, like I said, he's he's a winner, and it's just proven. And But you've also mentioned he's, he's plays for a great organization. The Jazz have never done a bad job building their team. They've yeah. been good for eight years. They just haven't gotten to the next level. I mm-hmm. mean, they haven't made it out of the second round of the playoffs since they had Carl Malone on their team. So, <laughs> <laughs> However, like I said, he, he's been the best player on his team for four years now uh, and leads them to lots of wins. It's just about putting it together when it matters now. Mm-hmm. My number four is a guy we haven't talked about in a while, uh, <laughs> a guy you left off your list. It's Shea Gilgis-Alexander. I have him very high. Um, I think he's the best out of this cr- group of guys on this list. I think they're kind of all grouped up with, you know, LaMelo, Booker, De'Aaron Fox, Donovan Mitchell. Like I said, I'm a very biased Shea Gilgis-Alexander fan, but there's a reason for that. It's because I'm very confident in his play. I mean, he's 22 years old, and the, just the jumps that he's made in his NBA career are are spectacular from I mean, like a, month to month yeah the jumps. i mean he is very i don't know what his averages are it's probably around 22 23 points a game probably six and a half assists plays great defense has great size shoots the ball pretty well and like i said he's 22 years old um i do i think he's better than De'Aaron fox right now honestly he's definitely not better than booker and donovan mitchell but um he he's just spectacular and i really like watching say gilgis alexander play and that's why I got him at number four. My number three is Jason Tatum, the MVP this year. Uh, my prediction. <laughs> probably the worst hot take I've ever had. Uh, gotta have one, though. But Jason Tatum is already very good. Very good. Elite. We can say that. Yeah. We can agree on elite. But he still has glaring holes in his game that he can fix, which screams to me, holy moly, this guy can be legit if he figures out how to play. Potential, make. yeah. Uh, and he really has made strides. I mean, he's averaging like four point something assists this year, which mm-hmm. is a lot more than he has ever. I mean, he's averaged one or two in the, his previous seasons. Um, Tatum is a. I also have met three. Uh, I you know I really have changed my perspective on Jason Tatum ever since he's come in the league. But I mean, he really has made significant jumps every year. And even though the Celtics 
aren't really doing as good as they should be this year, it's not really on Tatum. He is having a pretty good year, especially shooting-wise. Like He's upped his percentages in all categories this year, upped his uh, his playmaking ability, and he's a good scorer. I mean, I'm not a good scorer, a great scorer. So, um, yeah, I have Tatum at three as well. Yep, and at number two, the obvious one, Sadiq Bey. Uh, oh, I was going to make that joke. I already made it. <laughs> <laughs> number two, I got Isaiah Stewart. <laughs> Number two is Zion. Number one's Luca. Um, I mean, I assume yours is the same. Yeah. Well, yeah. Two guys who I could both see winning, not see, uh, especially Luca. He will win an MVP. Zion, I could see winning an MVP. I don't know if he I will. Say probably. But, yeah, probably. But Luca, like, is barring a, a career-ending injury, he will win an MVP award. Like, I, it, it will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, How old Zion, is he? He's Luca just turned twenty-two. <laughs> Zion is twenty. Um, and just absolutely killing it this year for the Pelicans. Um, I'm really, you know, I really think that they should try to bring back Lonzo Ball because I think he's the perfect point guard for Zion, uh, especially with his ability to shoot the ball pretty well this year. And Zion doesn't shoot, and he's just so good. Mm-hmm. That's the craziest part about it. And him. he's six foot six and doesn't shoot. Yeah, and he's so good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Huh? <laughs> uh, Zion is unreal. I think Luke and Zion will be one and two on this list until they're until 25. they're out of twenty five. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and then and I, we have five more years of Zion being on this list. So like we're probably gonna get bored of talking about him every every <laughs> year on this list. But we got we have to. It's our only option. Oh yeah, um but yeah. That's that's my list or that's our list. Um, like I said, there's a few things that I maybe would go back and change after talking about it, but. It's it's hard to make lists like these, yeah, especially I, I when it's drop Donovan Mitchell, especially all, when it's based on like the future. You know, you're not based you you're basing yeah. it on a prediction. You know, yeah. that's that's the hardest part. If we we're basing off of right now, I think it would wouldn't be too difficult. But mm-hmm. it would, I agree. It would make a, for a lot more arguments, I guess. But yeah, anything else NBA you want to talk about? Nothing that I quickly can before we end the podcast. I just want to mention a few things that have happened um, outside of basketball. Sam Darnold gets traded to Carolina for a sixth round pick in this year's draft, along with a second and fourth next year. That means that there will be court quarterbacks taken with picks one, two, and three in this year's draft. Uh, with San Francisco trading for the third pick. Do you think there's going to be four QBs taken with the top four? I mean, Atlanta is at four. They might take one. They've also said that they are open to trading out of number four, which I could so see a team like maybe Denver or, you know, just another team trading up to four. It all depends on how sold teams are on Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Uh I think a lot of people are high on Trey Lance and Mac Jones at this point. Yeah, I mean, San Francisco apparently might take Mac Jones at three, which would be crazy. Unreal. This was a guy who, like, four months ago wasn't even in our top 20. Yeah. Like, wasn't supposed to be a first-round pick. Yeah, I had him at, I had him getting picked, like, at 17 in our mock, and you guys were surprised by that. We were like, huh? Yeah, yeah exactly. He is, he's now... We're going to have to do a 2.0 mock. We have to. Pretty soon. Let's, we'll do one, because the draft... Ooh, the draft is coming up. It's in, like, probably three weeks. We need Willie. We're going to do a... We'll have to do a our second and final mock right before the draft. Yep, we will. But, yeah, I'm super excited for that, too. The Lions are still in a really, you know interesting situation whether they I mean I wouldn't be mad if they traded down I wouldn't be surprised either Brad Holmes definitely seems like he likes to get assets draft assets at least but I think four quarterbacks will probably go top four I bet that whether Atlanta is drafting one or they are trading I feel like they'll end up trading out of the uh, pick which is going to be crazy I've never seen that happen before I've never seen top three get picked so I mean for four quarterbacks to go in the first four picks it's kind of it's that's crazy yeah that's crazy that's a that's a loaded quarterback (laughs) class at least that is it but like that's at least for 
team GMs thinking it yeah. is, you know, like really confident in yeah. trading up for that. I mean, San Francisco gave up a lot to move up to three. I mean, because um, if you're drafting a guy in the top four that's a quarterback, you expect him to be a franchise yeah. quarterback. Oh, yeah. You expect him to be your quarterback for the next you're 10 years. You're telling me there are four franchise QBs <laughs> and one. I, I, I struggle to believe it. I do. Yeah. I, I, I do. Who will be the Trubisky of this yeah, draft? Exactly. <laughs> um, and then, bef- I mean, anything else NFL related mm-hmm. you want to talk about? And then lastly, the MLB is back. Tigers. I've been watching the Tigers like pretty much every day. I watched I mean, them that one day. Yeah, Jagger you. and Colby have been watching them like every day. So I've been kind of tuning in a little bit. Um, Badu, their guy who hit a home run in his first ever at bat, hit a grand slam the other day, uh, had a triple in today's game. They ended up losing against the Twins, but they're not off to a bad start. I think they're... I think they're three and three now. So I mean, that's not. I'll bad. have to get an app where it just like updates me. Yeah, because I'm at work during the Tigers right. games most time, so I'll have to get an app because I don't follow the Tigers, but I want to start again. Watching <laughs> baseball the other day with you guys was fun. Oh yeah, I enjoyed sitting there and watching. It was relaxing. It's pretty fun watching, but yeah, it's pretty relaxing. It's just I mean, it's just, just a completely if you're just fine different. with chilling out. Yeah, like yeah. you really don't have to. It's not like basketball where you kind of have to. I mean, I obviously would prefer to watch basketball, but with basketball you kind of have to stay tuned in. Mm-hmm. Baseball you can kind of just relaxly like. Kind of casually watch, you look know, up every once in a yeah, while. while. While the Tigers are batting, you'll kind of stay tuned in. When they're in the field, you'll you'll poke your head in every once in a while, go on TikTok or something. You don't really mess with Miguel <laughs> bats. You always watch that. Oh yeah, we'll have um we'll have Jeopardy coming pretty soon. I think next weekend is when we're gonna do our fourth episode of Jeopardy. Colby will be on um, along with w- our returning champ Willie, so I'm super excited for yeah, that. That'll be fun. We're gonna I'm, have to give. I'm doing the. We're gonna have to give Barry Hill the earbuds. So yeah, we will. Or else <laughs> he probably won't hear us. Anyways. Yeah, you're gonna have to think of some stuff that Barry Hill would know. Yeah, which is much more baseball football. Based. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, no, he like no Barry Hill likes Barry Hill knows a lot about NBA too. And college. I mean, you can do... Yeah, college. That's yeah, what exactly. I'll do. And you can do a bunch of stuff. I mean, yeah, it doesn't I'll do, even have, yeah. I'll do some crazy... Like, I loved your geography that's category the thing. The next, so much. The next one that I do, the one after this one, I feel like I'm just going to make it, like, really random. Like, like maybe, like, very minimal sports. <laughs> I mean, there's it, it'll be, like, revolving yeah, around sports. Slightly. But, but yeah. I get... Yeah, pretty much. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Follow us on spot or download this on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. And yeah, we'll see you Saturday. Peace. Bye.